Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Want to thank you once again for joining me today here on the Brave the Wild show. Minnesota Wild, well, they played three games recently, and they, well, they got one point out of it. What? I mean, that's freaking awful. And they haven't scored a goal in 156 minutes since, uh, well, about midway through the New Jersey game when they were leading 4-1 to one and still found a way to not come out with the win. They, they, they got a point out of it. They, they, they got a point and stuff. That's about it, though. Uh, yeah, shout out by St. Louis, shout out by Anaheim. Um, Bruce Boudreaux's 31-second uh, press conference said it all. I mean, there's nothing else to say, really. It was just like, you know what? We just didn't play well at all. You know, we didn't show up, and that's... Basically all Bruce Boudreau had to say, to paraphrase. Well, there's been some breaking news in the past several hours here. Charlie Coyle is headed to Boston, has been rumored for ever and ever and ever. It was always Boston, Montreal, Boston, Montreal, and then Boston kind of, you know, Boston basically, you know, it tapered off, and Montreal tapered off, and then it came back. But we all know who tapered things off. It was, uh, you know, Chuck Fletcher. That's generally who it was. That's why Jordan Leopold, or should I say Craig Leopold, that might be a better... uh, Jordan Leopold, the owner of the Wild. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, Craig Leopold basically said, I want uh, a general manager here who doesn't feel ownership of the players. And, well, that pretty much summed it all up because Paul Fenton feels ownership of nobody on this roster, <clears throat> except for all the guys that he had in Nashville and stuff. Just like uh, Craig Leopold and Fenton. Fenton worked together in Nashville and with Ryan Studer. So it's all just one big happy family again. So I don't know. Country club here, country club there. Welcome to the welcome to the world. That's just a bunch of country clubs, just with different colors, that's all. So, yes, Charlie Coyle to the Boston Bruins for a fifth-round pick, which is conditional. It could be a fourth-round pick should the Boston Bruins win the first round, which, all right, go Bruins. So, yes, it is an ode to Charlie Coyle and the acquisition, of course, 
in the trade if you've been living in a cave, but maybe you have or maybe you've just been busy, is Ryan Donato, who was taken in the second round, 56th overall in the 2014 NHL entry draft from Harvard University, who had some success with Mr. Donato around there. His father, Ted Donato, also a fairly successful NHL career. Let's look at Ryan first, and then we'll look at Ted for the fun of it. Uh, so far, Ryan has played two seasons with the Boston Bruins sparingly off and on. Uh, he was with the Providence Bruins until now. There's a little star next to those uh, <laughs> categories because he's no longer with those clubs. He's now with Minnesota or Iowa, but he will be with Minnesota as they play the New York Rangers tonight in NY. So he'll be staying out east, I suppose, for a day or so. Uh, interesting watching the Boston Bruins play last night. It was kind of funny. And then well, that's where Charlie Coyle's heading, and Ryan Donato not suiting up. Ryan Donato is a center who shoots left. There's some interesting history with him and uh, Jordan Greenway, which is pretty intriguing. The guy can score. There's no doubt about that. So far, he's had 18 NHL points, 11 goals, 7 assists. So you're seeing more of a goal scorer versus a playmaker in Charlie Coyle's case. Charlie Coyle was off and on center. Of course, any center can play wing. I mean, welcome to the NHL. Welcome to hockey. So if Ryan Donato's not ready to be a center... He can play wing. Uh, the loss of Koivu opens the door a bit, but do you want to move Granlin away, or what's the deal? Of course, the way the lineup is put together, it's really tough because everybody shoots left. Again, welcome to Minnesota. <laughs> hint, hint there, But uh, except me. But, you know, <laughs> Charlie Coyle was a right shot center, right shot, right wing, blah, 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 blah. We all know what right shot. He shoots right, okay? And... Ryan Donato shoots left. Again, another guy who shoots left. So that's the only complaint I have. Other than that, okay, sure. And then you get possibly a fourth-round pick. I think this Bruins team is good enough to advance past the first round. But, well, it all depends who they're playing and how well they're playing and how well the Bruins are playing and stuff. Uh, But, no, Harvard University is a school that's had, obviously, tons of success. It's one of the oldest schools in the entire country. Like, we're talking 1600s here. But uh, hockey wasn't around quite that far back. Tons of success, though, with Harvard. 26 goals as a junior, and then eventually joined the Boston Bruins. Didn't even go to the minors, but only played 12 games with Boston. But, of course, that was late last spring. So he was still with Harvard University into last spring. 26 goals, tons of success. So kind of similar to some of the guys the Wild acquired late, like obviously Luke Cunning a couple years ago. Uh, coming out of Wisconsin. He's he's got cunning type numbers, but actually better, I would say, in college. Again, twenty six goals, that's extremely good. Both guys did play center. Luckily Cunning shoots right, so thank God. Somebody that can shoot right on the wilds helpful. As uh yeah, we continue to just go left, 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 especially defensemen again, which uh we were complaining about that forever. We've started going more right shot defensemen and then Paul, Paul Paul Fenton kind of acquires two left shots and sends the right shot Prosser down. That made a whole lot of sense. Not. Uh, but no, 43 points last year for Harvard. 40 points the year before. 21 goals that season. Again, every single year, more goals than assists. 13 and 8 in his freshman year with Harvard University, 2015-2016. Uh, 22 years old is Ryan Donato. He will turn 23 on April the 9th, of course, born in 96. He's only six foot, though, so you're losing a bit of size here. You're losing about three inches and 20 pounds here. 20 plus pounds, actually. You could argue about 26, 27 pounds with Charlie Coyle. So you're losing some size. That does mean something. But what also means something is this guy shoots. He shoots the puck. He shoots the puck. Or so this shows. He better shoot the puck here, okay? Please don't change. Granlin doesn't shoot the puck. Uh, Zucker, for some bleeping reason, doesn't shoot the puck. That's weird. A guy who was 
basically this type of player usually had more goals than assists. Probably still has more goals than assists anyway, but, well, he's trying to even it out, and he's getting too cute, as Bruce Boudreaux has mentioned a hundred thousand times. Guy's getting too cute. Charlie Coyle, same thing. Shoot the bleeping puck. He just didn't do it. Uh, but no, um, Ryan Donato, apparently a guy that shoots the puck more. And, of course, Jordan Greenway with some interesting things to say. They played together on the U.S. Olympic team just last season because last year you had the uh, Winter Olympics. Let's uh, talk about what Jordan Greenway had to say. Uh, Jordan Greenway basically saying Donato brings a different dynamic for us. <sighs> okay, so ultimately this article coming from New York because Minnesota Wild beat writers are over there. This is actually wild.com, but it's good to get the quotes. Uh, Jordan Greenway saying he's a good kid. We didn't leave much when we were playing, we got to spend plenty of time together. So, okay. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, Greenway saying he's can, he can score goals really well. He brings a, lot of, uh, brings a lot offensively. And I think him being a younger guy, it'll be good for our team. It'll be great for another guy and bringing that aspect to the team for us. So, indeed, uh, they roomed together in the Olympics. They played on the same line, as you'll hear also. Shout out to Chad Walski, who was commenting about that on the Facebook page. Chad Walski, welcome to the show. If you're if you're listening, cool. Uh, just found the show for the first time. Uh, of course, the Minnesota Wild Hardcore, one of the one of the big boys over there, one of the big admins who posed a lot. Great guy. Uh, continued comment here from Greenway says he'll bring a different dynamic for us and a lot of energy on the ice. He's a big threat. He's just kind of starting his career, but he can score goals and he's very skilled. There's a lot of good attributes he's going to bring to us, and yeah, that's great. So I I hope so. I hope so. I believe the, there is a skill there. Unfortunately, small sample size so far in the NHL, but what are you going to do? He just came out of college last spring, so that's just how it goes. Minnesota Wild are filled with guys uh, that, have, that just came out of college and such. Obviously, Susie a couple of years ago. Uh, Louis Belpedio, that was the example I was looking for, how he just came from college after his senior year with the, uh, the Scarlet Knights of Miami, Ohio last spring. How, yeah, he was just brought in last spring. So similar in that sense, similar age, blah, blah, blah. Maybe Louis Belpedio and Donato played many years together. Not the biggest guys ever, but not the smallest either. At least uh, Donato's six foot. He's now like five, five, eight or something. Hopefully uh, Mason Shaw can have continued success. He's only 20 years old. We'll talk about him in segment number two there when we talk about the uh, prospects and such. Poor Kel O'Reilly. He got the he got a little tease. He's called up and no, he's sent back down. It was just an insurance move, this and that, depending on how things go with health and such. Healthy players coming back. Punis Aberg finally making his return. He played against his former club, the Ducks, and, well, nobody scored in that game. They're scoring opportunities here and there, but generally speaking, well, you're getting all kinds of different... Uh, <laughs> everybody's got a different opinion on the games here. Well, the players like, oh, he played hard, and, well, you watch and it doesn't really feel like it. He doesn't really feel like it. You feel a lifeless approach. And obviously the coach didn't seem to think they played that hard. He didn't. Uh, so the continued frustration there. I'm trying to think of other players. But no, uh, Erickson Eck, obviously, and Cunning Back together, split up, split up, back together, split up, back together. It's like, I don't know. What the hell do you do? What the hell can you do at the end of the day? Let's do a little Charlie Coyle uh, retrospective here for a moment. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about the games this week because it's just, you know, I'll, we'll just go over them briefly, particularly the New Jersey game. That one's more interesting. The last two, just like, what, what, what really is there to say? They got shut out and they, and they stunk. St. Louis is miles and light years ahead of the Minnesota Wild right now. I don't care who's got the last uh, seed in the playoffs at this moment. This team does not look like a playoff team. Do the Wild look like a playoff team or do they look lifeless? Look at their plus minus the last few weeks. 
It's ridiculous. We're talking 12 to 0 since the Wild scored their fourth goal against New Jersey. Four goals against New Jersey, and you can't beat them. Keith Kincaid stinks, obviously. Corey Schneider has been awful, obviously, and obviously injured and, uh, injured and all that. Came back from the injury and has just been a you know snake bed, blah, blah, blah. And then he shuts us out the rest of the way and starts this drought. So let's talk about Shirley Coyle first. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to miss the size. I'm not going to miss the lack of shooting because, well, let's harken back to 2015-16 when we talk about Charlie Coyle. Now, of course, he made his NHL debut a debut after the infamous lockout of 2012. The Minnesota Wild had signed Parisi Suter, and it's like, here we go, rock and roll. We're going we're gonna to have a, a fun new team or the Miami Heat of hockey. Let's get her done. And then what happens? Well, nothing because there was a lockout. And at least Charlie Coyle got sent down to the Houston Arrows where he showed some scoring touch for the first time in his career because you look at every other number he'd had, including at Boston University, way more assistant goals. So, again, Jordan Greenway is kind of similar. Boston University, same school, same type of numbers there. But he actually had more goals and assists in the AHL to Charlie Coyle almost 47 games during that lockout time. 14 goals, 11 assists, 25 points. Comes to Minnesota, he actually had more goals and assists that year, too. Very promising. Comes back the next year, second-line center, all ready to go, and gets hurt in the first game of the season. Everything was all exciting or ready to rock and roll, and he got hurt. He broke, a, he broke I believe, he broke his, oh, I can't remember. He had a broken bone. I, I forget if it was his leg somewhere, a broken ankle, something like that. I think it was a broken ankle, if I remember correctly. That's about, gosh, that's six years ago, 13, 14. Second line center, he was so exciting, and people were like, wow, this guy looks like he is ready to really take off. He was officially the second line center for Minnesota. Oh, my goodness, that was exciting. Fun playoffs and everything, but again, uh, Charlie Coyle after that seemed to like a timid player. There were years, it's like, gosh, he just barely got to 11 goals in 14, 15. That was during the fun Dubnik year. I remember he got like his third goal of the season, I forget if it was early January, late December, in a very, very, very close game against the Calgary Flames. He went 2-1. to one. He made a great play, but it was like his second or third goal, so he showed no emotion because he's like, yeah, well, that's, you know. It was an unbelievable play, and he just kind of was like, yeah, I scored, <laughs> finally, you know. So he wasn't all celebratory about that. Now, this was during a big-time Ironman surge there, 82 games, three years in a row, which is awesome. After that broken bone in his leg, as and his quote unquote sophomore year in the NHL, and then he had the year in fifteen sixteen when things looked oh so promising. The guy started scoring like crazy after a slow start, like always. Started scoring on a clip like three four goals a week. It was so awesome. I'm like Charlie Coyle's going to get thirty goals this year. He scores his twentieth goal on March the first, March the first, and he doesn't score again until like the last game of the season. It was just really. Really, Charlie, he could have easily had three goals that year, and it just completely stopped. He wound up with 42 points that year. That's it. I thought he was going to wind up with 60-something with 30 to 35 goals, and he wound up with 21. March the 1st, he scores his 20th goal, and it just stopped for a month and a half, six weeks, no goals. Scores in the final game of the season in, in some crappy loss, whatever. That was extremely... Depressing. I mean, we're talking depressing, folks. That was during the uh, Torch. Obviously, Yo had been fired, and then Torch took over. Yo was fired sometime in February that year against the Boston Bruins, which would be Charlie's eventual team. And uh, obviously his hometown, or at least one of his, yeah. I mean, it's close by his hometown from Massachusetts there. 21 goals and just stops. Next year, what does he do? 18 goals. He won up with 56 points, though. Great season. Bruce Boudreaux's first year. 
Everybody looked sharp. Everybody was sparkling. Eric Halla was getting points. Uh, Eric Stahl was a wonderful addition. Zucker's numbers were up after he'd struggled forever, though he had that sugar high with Torch. Charlie Quayle just died under Torch. I don't know what the problem was there. I, I don't get it. I mean, he was working so well. But uh, Torch, Eddie, of course, only a couple months with the team. Cool guy. And, um, well, that's how things go there. Uh, you got to go Canadian. I guess all the American coaches that Minnesota's had have had zero success, unfortunately, with uh, Todd Richards and uh, Torch. But Torch, again, there was that wonderful sugar high that last seemed like forever when he blew the heck out of the Blackhawks in that the only outdoor game the Wild ever played. Coolest uniforms ever, in my opinion. You got the North Star stripes, but the Wild colors, freaking cool. You got to see Mike Madano. Mm. Who's this Madano guy who keeps showing up, though? Who's this Madano guy? You know, I, I use his name on the show. You, you hear his name a lot, but you, is that Mike Madano there? The, over there with the general manager and Leopold and stuff? Huh. Conspicuous. Yeah, well, something's going on there, obviously, where uh, a lot of uh, publications will tell you that uh, he's looking for a high-profile job with Minnesota or, yeah, such. Um, so something's going to happen with Madano, I do believe. Russo was reporting it, and he was kind of keeping it under wraps. He said it's been going on since uh, December. Michael Russo, for those of you that don't know who that is, but I'm sure most of you do. But no, Charlie Coyle, again, very quiet in the goal-scoring department, always looking to pass or whatever the heck he's doing. I'm not sure. 18 goals that year, though, in Bruce Boudreaux's first year. 38 assists. Look like, here we go. Finally, Charlie Coyle's going to be a 50-60 point guy, and then next couple years, off injured again, broken bones. 37 points last year, only 37 points. And it's like, when are you going to trade Charlie Coyle and what are you going to get for him? That type of thing. This year, extremely slow start to the season. Always gets a little little dinged up injuries, this and that. And then uh, comes back and has some moments and then disappears again. 10 goals and 18 assists through uh, 28 points in 60 games during his final season with Minnesota, off to Boston now and we'll see what happens. Will there be a sugar high, this and that? Will he get better line mates? I think Quayle's had pretty good line mates in Minnesota. You just don't have the Gabrick types. You don't have the Sebastian Ajo. <laughs> hint, hint with uh, who's playing with him. That's Nino Niederreiter. Uh, you know, you don't have Mr. Uh, Sidney Crosby like <laughs> Jay Genzel has. It would help. It would help to have Sidney Crosby centering your line, wouldn't it? But um, I, I don't know. It's just not happening here. Come on, Chuck. Score some, score some goals. And good luck with the Boston Bruins. Uh, but uh, that's kind of a Charlie Quayle retrospective. Kind of long, but it is what it is. You know, we had to talk about him a bit. Historical figure with the Minnesota Wild, obviously. Um, got to go back about five, six years. The big trade for, uh, well, with, with Brent, for Brent Burns. You trade Brent Burns away to the San Jose Shocks right after uh, Chuck Fletcher said right on the air, we're not looking to make any trades right now. We're not looking to make any big, splashy moves. Within hours, this was before the NHL draft when it was actually in Minnesota, believe it or not, in uh, 2011. Not looking to make any splashes. Within hours, Minnesota trades Brent Burns, of all people, who had been, you know, off and on, you know, they'll just just enter enter Matt Dumba, a guy with incredible offensive skill. Sometimes the mental game is not there. Weird mistakes, this and that, but offensive skill is very much evident. Big future, blah, blah, blah. Traded to the San Jose Sharks. So you get rid of the headache of the mistakes, but you lose an offensive defenseman who can really light the lamps and help others light the lamps. Goes to San Jose, kind of same stuff, but, uh, you know, obviously the potential's still there, and bam, he's a 60-70 point defenseman, which is like Hall of Fame level. 
Brent Burns has got a Hall of Fame written all over him now. He's the best player on the Sharks. Uh, Drew Bunting will remind us that when we get to the uh, fan interaction bit on uh, Facebook, segment number two. But uh, we get uh, a guy named Charlie Coyle, who was looked on as their top prospect in their system. Oh, who thought of these other players? Oh, Phillips. Oh, man. Mm. Phillips. <sighs> Painful memory there. Very disappointing. That was a draft pick for Minnesota, but still, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, what a doggone frustration he was. Ah, <sighs> Phillips. Yep. It looked very good in juniors. Did absolutely nothing after that. Couldn't even crack the NHL roster. Late first-round pick, just like Coyle, did nothing. And then, uh, some very forgettable player. I don't even want to remember his name anymore. Devin Setaguchi, who had some success with the, uh, Colorado Avalanche, scoring some goals, 26-goal season. And the next thing you know, he's just, you know, eh, you know, did absolutely nothing, had a drinking problem, this and that. And, well, he's out of the league. He resurfaced with the Flames, flamed out pretty quickly. Pardon the pun there. But uh, that was the end of that. Extremely frustrating. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of about it, though. The It's the end of an age. It's the end of an age because clearly there's going to be at least one more trade, maybe two, leading into the deadline here on Monday. It is now the 21st, Thursday the 21st at the moment. 25th is coming up. So that's kind of where things stand with the Minnesota Wild in terms of the trades. Granlund has been mentioned a bajillion times. Also, the strong possibility that he's going to be looking for $8 million a year. Do you want to sign Mikhail Granlund for $8 million a year and strap yourself even more? Do you want to do it? I love Mikhail Granlund. I love Mikhail Granlund. But, but, you know, there's a but, right? Uh, I love Mikhail Granlund, but I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Is he worth $8 million a year at this point? I don't think so. He doesn't shoot enough. Um, so there could be a big possibility of him getting traded. Uh, Eric Stahl is doing everything in his power to not get traded. He wants to just stay here, wants to raise his kids here. And thank you, Eric. I appreciate that. I appreciate your wanting to be here. But I don't know. I mean, if the Wild can get a first-round pick and something and change, first-round pick and change, or maybe like another, you know, Donato type of guy, you know, young, up-and-coming 22-year-old, well, I mean, I don't know. That'd be nice. And the other mention, the other player, of course, is uh, Jason Zucker. Up up and down, up and down. The guy scored 33 goals last year, 60-point season. What a player he can be when he wants to be, when he's on his game. But he's just another enigma. I don't know what's on that guy's mind. I, I don't know. I mean, he's right there with Coyle. You know, just uh, he's still under 30 points on the season. It's, he's doggone frustrating. Never scores in the playoffs. Just never. A coil never scores in the playoffs. Granlin, well, he had a really good playoffs against Colorado. And when we're talking Colorado, what year was that? 2014, right? So, I mean, that's a long time ago. So I can't get too excited about 2014 anymore, as nice as it was. So, I mean, he hasn't had a lot of success in the postseason. As great of a player as Granlin is. I just, I love him to death. But I don't want to give him $8 million a year. Uh, the other player mentioned which would get you a haul, but it would be like, I mean, I don't think I'd do this one. Jared Spurgeon. I mean, obviously he's my favorite player on the Minnesota Wild. He's the best defenseman in the history of the Minnesota Wild. We've heard that from other people in town that are in the media, in the know, this and that. I agree. He's the best defenseman in the history of the Minnesota Wild. And he's not getting the, you know, $13 million cap hit, whatever the heck. <laughs> no, it's not that much, but it feels like it. He doesn't have a 13-year contract. That's what I'm trying to say, like Ryan Suter. But, I don't know. I wish their salaries and their contracts were flip-flopped. And, Ryan, it's like, I don't know. Can we give you a smaller contract after that or something? Short contract, short-term, if you want to resign, which I'm sure we'd almost be forced to. Craig Leopold and Paul Fenton, Ryan Suter, it's like, 
Uh, I don't know. It's like the Illuminati of the wild. You know those, you know those all-seeing eyes and all that. That's kind of those three. You know what I mean? Um, kind of, yeah. I don't know. It, uh, when you fired Fletcher, this and that, you fire this guy, you fire that guy. But then it's like you look at the big picture. It's all one big happy family. That's the one thing that concerns me because I don't think that's always a good idea. I think you got to get outside the box a little bit. So I'm getting more and more concerned when you look at the big picture of this whole Minnesota Predators thing. It's scaring the crap out of me. I mean, it's getting really short-sighted, too. Anthony Botetto, he's got a cool name, a cool voice, cool personality, but he stinks. So, I don't know. What has Anthony Botetto done for this team other than screw up the whole defensive uh, pairings? That's all that's really accomplished with that acquisition. So, I don't know. Uh, Oh, he's been good, says uh, Paul Fenton. Yeah, says you. Says you, Paul. Just like Paul was saying back to (laughs) um, Mike Russo about certain players underachieving. He's like, yeah, that's your opinion, but I, I don't see it that way. And obviously, the general manager is not going to do that. And Paul Fenn is not the type, so maybe behind the scenes he's very frustrated. But still, do you really think Anthony Botetto's this, you know, must-have addition to the roster? If you're an expansion team and you don't have enough pieces and you're just kind of screwing around trying to get high draft picks for a couple of years and hope to God you get some uh, good players that can build a roster, that's what Anthony Botetto is at this point, or just a roster filler. Or he should be in Iowa. I, I don't know. I mean, God bless him. God bless him, you know. But mm, I'm not too impressed at this point with that guy. I don't think anybody is. Uh, again, you're moving Brodeen out of position. He'd been playing so well from the left side. And he's just, you know, he's not the same guy. Greg Pattern, I don't like that addition either. Overpriced for what he is. Uh, I'd trade him for a box of chocolates right now. I, I'm not that impressed. Okay, he's not that bad. But he's not good either. The mental mistakes provides no offense. So you get the mental mistakes... Like the Dumbas, this and that. He's not that out of control, but just saying. You get weird, stupid turnovers, mental mistakes with zero offense. So, okay, that's great. Over a million a year for that guy? Okay, sure. Anything uh, anything you say, right? Uh, see, Dumba, you get the weird gaffes, but then he's like a 50-point defenseman. Maybe 60, and he might have been this year because he was really stepping up, and it sucks for a guy who relies on his upper body strength to launch those dumb bombs, as we like to call them. He's not a big fan of them, but we'll use it until he sues us for it, I guess. <laughs> Dumb bombs. <laughs> but yeah, when you have a torn pectoral, which is your torso muscle, well, I don't know. Hopefully you can get that back to where it needs to be. So that's a sucky situation there, of course. Oh, I'm sorry for the doom and gloom, but where's the positivity? It's lacking other than Parisi's playing well. Um, Greenway had been playing well. He's gotten quieter. We'll see. Maybe we can get him with uh, Donato. The only problem is they're both left shots, so Donato will have to be a center if he's going to play with uh, Jordan Greenway. Or somebody's going to have to play out of position again, which sounds oh so familiar around here. Let's just let him play out of position, you know? Uh, put the left shot on the right side. Who cares? It is what it is. It's hockey. He's a hockey player. He can play wherever. He can play wherever. Yeah, it doesn't always, you know, you're not always going to get your best product that way, you know? So, <laughs> I, think, I think most of you know that already. You're more educated in hockey than I am, right? Well, some of you might be. That's how it goes. Uh, The New Jersey game, let's look at that very briefly. The last two, they just were not good games, period. They got shut out. They got outworked. They didn't show up. And that's my summary of both of those games. I don't even want to talk about them anymore. There was a goal that should have happened for Minnesota against the Anaheim Ducks. It was called incorrectly and whatever. Um, But we still would have lost 4-1. to You could say there might have been a momentum turn, but whatever. Uh, the Wild, 
right before this new, this game versus the New Jersey Devils in the XL Energy Center, Bruce Boudreaux basically went Joe Namath and said, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to make it. I'm not Joe Namath or anything, but we're going to make the playoffs this year. They respond great. They kicked the New Jersey Devils' butt for the X amount of time. Brad Hunt was moved to right wing, or, which I am okay with, even though he's a left shot, but he's not bad out there. Left shot, left, well, he can play left wing, right wing, whatever. I think Brad Hunt should have been a forward in the NHL. I don't know. Some of you might think, what the hell is this weirdo talking about? But uh, he's obviously not a very good defenseman. That's why he hasn't seen a whole lot of time in the NHL. A defensive defenseman. So, I don't know. If he can score goals and provide offense at the forward position and play on the second power play unit, that's not a bad addition and that's not a bad idea. I, I think he would have seen more action in the NHL if he was a, a forward. So I think that's kind of a crying shame. That's why you're not seeing a whole lot of sample size for the 30-year-old Brad Hunt over the years. So, I mean, scores in the power play to open things up. Eric Zanek gets a turnover, scores his fifth goal of the season. And then you get Marcus Johnson to get his 11th goal off of a turnover. Nick Sealer gets a puck to go past, but yeah, Brad Hunt adds an assist. So again, Brad Hunt, a couple of points. Kyle Rao with his first NHL point this season. Mikhail Granlin scored his second goal in the, in the last week, which is like a miracle considering it had been December for his, uh, uh, no, this was, this was his, yeah, yeah, this was his second one. His 12th goal was way back in December, which is extremely frustrating. Uh, Spurgeon continuing to add on the points and getting the puck on net. You feel all good. The Wild are up four to one. Okay, there was that. There was the goal that put you put you up by three. Just like we were talking about the Philly game. You got to get. You got to go up four to one, right? Four to one. That's where we screwed up against Philadelphia. Three to one. You know, it's not enough. The two goal lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey. You got to score. Finish it thing. Finish it there. Put this team away. Now they're going to fold. They're just going to fold because Philadelphia's. You know, they're tired. They they've had enough. Long road trip. Let's just let this one go. Go back home and regroup. And then, oh, nope, Philadelphia makes the comeback and beats the Wild because we just couldn't score that that fourth goal. But, you know, Philadelphia had been playing well, so okay, fine. Philadelphia's playing well, and, and the stars were aligned for the Philadelphia Flyers. Whatever. And then now you get the New Jersey Devils, a team that's lifeless, a team with a goalie that hasn't won a game since, you know, like before the Olympics, basically. I mean, you know, like we're talking maybe the Olympics in the in the, uh, 1960 is the last time Corey Schneider won a game. You pull out Keith Kincaid, who started out the season all strong, rocking and rolling, because, again, he had to be the starting goalie, because Corey Schneider was still recovering from a knee injury the year before. I believe it was a meniscus. And then, uh, oh, nope, 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 nope. Here, here come the Devils, because we're just kind of letting them kind of come back a little bit. The Devils, just they got this surge. They got this energy. Corey Schneider takes over for the sucky Keith King, uh, Kincaid. Might as well run a restaurant. Kincaid's, right? Okay, sorry. Uh, Will Butcher. Kyle Palmieri, and then the Lovejoy goal. Only a second of the year, and it was just like, he was just putting the puck on net from like 53 feet out. He's just putting the puck on net, which always says put the puck on net because maybe the goalie's going to make a mistake. Yeah, talk about goalie mistakes. But uh, yeah, maybe the goalie's going to make a mistake and, and everything will be okay, <clears throat> and then you score. Well, that's exactly what Ben Lovejoy did. It was, it was Lovejoy for the uh, New Jersey Devils. He ties the game up. He ties the game up. With about two and a half minutes remaining, oh, it was like the whole arena was just like, "Are you serious?" Just stunned silence. Like this is BS. And then you get a situation where the Wild get these scoring chances against New Jersey. We're going to put them away. Let's get the second point. Let's get the hell out of here. And then no, it just doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't. Uh, Devin Dubnik tries to be Alex Stalock goes behind the net to play the puck, and 
<clears throat> he gives it right back to New Jersey to Kyle Palmieri. Luckily, Dominic makes the stop. Whoo, that was a close one. Oh, but sorry, he left out a juicy rebound. And Nico Hischier finishes it, the first, uh, first overall pick last season, uh, last summer. Not this past summer, but the summer before for his 17th goal of the season. He's been kind of an up-and-down player for New Jersey so far because he's so uber, uber young. But the skill is definitely there. And the crowd boos the leaving, living bleep out of Dubnik. You get to see Alex Stalock and dead against Daff. St. Louis, but it didn't matter. St. Louis is on a tear. The Wild are not, and the Wild got torn a new one for nothing. <clears throat> Anaheim has uh, Bruce Boudreaux's former boss, the general manager, take over Randy Carlyle. And Anaheim, well, they just played better than Minnesota. Minnesota barely showed up for that game, despite some good moments here and there. But generally speaking, it just kind of was what it was. Great week. But, you know, I mean, it's the end of an era. It's the end of an age. Charlie Coyle's going to Boston. <clears throat> Nino Niederreiter's on Carolina. Making weird moves like Geppetto to Geppetto Batetto. Uh, I don't know. Good for him. I, I like Batetto. I, I like the name, but I, I don't think he's a fit for this team. If I was a general manager of the Minnesota Wild, I don't think I would have never even made that waiver claim. Or if I did, if I did, because I thought, okay, he can add some depth somewhere sometime, especially for an emergency situation, he would be uh, in the. Uh, he'll be in the. Uh, he'd be in Iowa. The Brad Hunt move uh, doesn't bother me one bit. Because he's got a skill. He's got a special skill. But Teto doesn't have a special skill that I can see. He really doesn't. Just mental errors. Can't. He's not an offensive player, and he does a lot of mental errors. He's got Nick Schultz's offensive capabilities with, I don't know, like everybody's worst nightmare type of mental errors at times. And then occasionally he's solid and okay. He, no special skills, no special size, no special this, no special that. So what was the point of that? And, of course, the position. A position of need. It wasn't a position of need. Ryan Suter's healthy. Not. He's, he's healthy enough to play. He, he's not been that healthy, though. But you have a bajillion left-shot defenseman. You got Suter. You got Brodine. You got Steeler. So you signed Batetto. Or, uh, okay, or claim Batetto. Pardon me. The Brad Hunt move doesn't bother me at all because he has a special skill. And I think uh, I think there's something there. I think there's something there, even if it's the bottom six forward, which is all, all he would be. But if a bottom six little guy like that can put the puck behind, put the puck in the net, light the lamp, so to speak, and play on the second power play unit, why not? Why not? Add a little spark, add a little something. Brad Hunt addition doesn't bother me one bit. But with that said... Let's pass out the awards. What what award is there? I mean, let's just keep giving it to Jared Spurgeon because he's the best player. He's been outplaying everybody, I think. But you can kind of argue Eulerik deserves recognition because he's been so good since coming back, as is Luke Cunning. I hated on on uh, Sunday <clears throat> when Cunning and, and Eck were broken up. I didn't understand it. Don't break them up. They've been playing so well together. Even though it got things got weird against New Jersey. Like, everybody kind of gave up that one, but uh, that was a weird one, really weird situation, and we, we were just lifeless against a good goalie that the uh, that it really helped turn around things in St. Louis, and the former defenseman as well, former tough uh, forward, physical guy, who's a 50-year-old now, head coach of the uh, St. Louis Blues, who are looking like a team that could win the Western Conference, so they keep this up, oh yeah, Chicago Blackhawks now also knocking on the playoff door, they're tied for the uh, final wildcard position. Chicago Blackhawks tied for the final wildcard position. Doesn't that make you feel all warm and fuzzy with ancient Cam Ward, Carolina Hurricanes goalie, helping them out right now? The Wild shelled him earlier in the year. Still found a way to lose the game, though, which is sickening. Uh, but with that said, 
that's it. Uh, the Mike Madonna slash Neil Broughton Award for this past week is Jared Spurgeon. The Jared James Shepard Memorial is just, I don't know, everybody in the last couple of games. You could say Doomnick. I'll, I'll give it to Doomnick for that horrible mistake against uh, New Jersey and another lifeless performance against the uh, Anaheim Ducks. But were the players in front of him any good? No. Uh, Batetto. But Batetto and Dubnik are going to get it for this week. And Dubnik again, he's been bad, but also the players in front of him have been bad as well. They've been leaving him out to dry on occasion. So can't blame him all the way. Eventually when the defense in front of you sucks so bad, it starts mentally frying your goaltender, just like uh, Wilcox with the uh, Golden Gophers in the National Championship game against Union. I'm not bitter about that game or anything, but yeah, I'm not bitter about it at all. Uh, but yeah, the defense didn't even show up, and it made Wilcox look like a sieve the whole night. And, well, eventually he became one after the freaking fifth goal was scored. He became a sieve and just gave up two more goals like they were nothing. With that said, that's it. Very, very long first segment. Whole lot to talk about because it's the end of an age. It's the end of an age. There's going to be another player traded, maybe two more before Monday or on Monday. So it is the end of an age. Clearly, this unit, this core is finished. Parisian Suter will still be here, whether they like it or not. But the rest of it, it's uh, we're, we're moving on. That's just all there is to say. We'll be back for segment number two where we got four games to preview. And, of course, we're going to look at the prospects. back here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two, going to preview four games with a busy schedule once again, and of course wrap up with the prospects and some fan interaction and such. Minnesota in New York right now to play the Rangers, who are actually a game above 500, despite they're kind of doing what we're doing, kind of tweaking on the fly, so to speak, rebuilding on the fly. Veteran members of the team still hanging around, like Henrik Lundqvist, almost three goals a game. Remember the young man, uh, Georgiev, had a nice uh, 23rd birthday, defeating the Toronto Maple Leafs. In Toronto, not that long ago, just about a week and a half ago or so. That was an impressive win. New York won 4-1. to one. But generally speaking, the Rangers have struggled quite a bit. Mika Zabinjad, 58 points on the season. I mean, they're still scoring goals. There's no doubt about that. Even though it's like a lot of their overall numbers aren't good. 24th in goals, 24th in goals against. So basically, they're like the 24th best team in the NHL. Not so good penalty kill. Decent power play. So they're an offensive team, kind of. At least top heavy, I would say. Defense and goaltending, not so much. This is a winnable game, but are the Wild going to get it done? I don't know. Uh, if the pattern continues to the New York Rangers, the Wild win this game because, yeah, they beat the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs 4-1 to on February the 10th. Two days later, they lose to Winnipeg 4-3. Buffalo, they defeat Buffalo 6-2 to in Buffalo. So Sabres not playing so good. Two days later, loss at Pittsburgh, 6-5. to Wow, good game, actually. Yep. Oh, yeah, and I saw that. That was on national TV. Yep, that was a good one on Monday. Yep, that was Monday. And then February, that was, yeah, that was Sunday. I'm crazy. That was Sunday. That was a good game, actually. I, I liked it. At Carolina, <clears throat> a 2-1 to victory. So that would mean the New York Rangers would lose to the Minnesota Wild on February the 21st. Charlie Coyle's first game, not with Minnesota. Donato's first game with Minnesota. Ryan Donato. 
will be somewhere. He'll be on the roster somewhere. He, I don't think he's going to play center because right now you got centers of uh, Eric Stahl, unless he's traded. I don't think he's going to get traded today. Eric Stahl, Granlund, <clears throat> uh, Eck, and, well, Fair generally is the fourth-line center, but uh, Hendricks can be the fourth-line center. I don't think we're putting Donato in the fourth line. I just don't think so. So those are your centers right now. Unless you want to move Granlund back to wing, Donato more than likely is your... <clears throat> Is, is going to be on the wing. So uh, Granlin will be the center, of course, because you don't want to move Eck up to the second line, even though you could say that line has been awesome. Obviously, as long as they continue to play together, the line of uh, Eck, Felino, and Cunnan on the right side. Uh, that is a great line. Great line. But even Cunnan can play center, and he hasn't so far where Eck generally has been. Uh, New York, again, very top-heavy. Zinbajad, uh, Crater, 44 points for him, 24 goals, 26 goals for Zinbajad. Uh, Kevin Hayes is a guy who's been mentioned in trade talk as well. Zuccarello's been mentioned in trade talk. Valuable players. Jimmy Vesey, that's an up-and-comer right there. Kind of, sort of, 28 points. I don't think he's got any relation to Peter Vesey, the uh, NBA columnist who's been out there. He's mostly retired right now, unfortunately. Uh, Kevin Shannonkirk, again, has just disappeared off the face of the earth. This and that. For some reason, I feel like I already (laughs) previewed this. That's strange. I feel like I did, but I'll just kind of leave that as is. This is so familiar. Yep, Kevin Shattenkirk and all that. Uh, it's been a disappointing team um, so far this season. I hope I didn't preview this on the last show, because if I did, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. I don't even remember. I might have. I, I shouldn't have, though. So, But whatever it is. I think Minnesota, well, we almost never play well here. Uh, but Detroit has snake bit the wild. And if you're going to look for a win in the upcoming games... Unless the Wild just completely tanked the rest of this month, which could happen. It could easily happen, because these are the last four games this month. 27th the 28th, there's no game. Uh, the Wild have lost all of their last five, of course. We've lost every game except New Jersey uh, on the road. That 4-2 to win in New Jersey was nice on the 9th. Other than that, the Wild have picked up a point here and there with a couple of overtime losses. And sides like Buffalo uh and New Jersey. But other than that, it's just been loss, 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 loss. It's been a horrendous month of February for the Minnesota Wild, which ultimately is kind of reminding you of the uh, Mike Yo February. But uh, it looks like Mr. Boudreaux is going to be okay for now. And of course, it's not his fault. Um, <clears throat> if you're going to win a game, this has got to be the one you're going to win. The Rangers have been playing okay, though. Three and two in their last five. But if the pattern continues with the Rangers up, down, up, down, I think you win this one. I think Dubnik will be a net for this game. Oh, I don't know. I don't like it very much. I'd almost rather have Staylock, but he didn't look good against St. Louis either. I mean, it doesn't even matter who's in net right now. They're both not doing well, and the players in front of them are not playing well at all. Uh, most likely guy to score in this game, let's go with Jason Zucker. He's going to get his 16th goal of the season against the New York Rangers. Quiet that drought a bit. Get the job done. But I do believe the uh, I believe the Wild are going to win it 4-3. to three. It's going to be a sloppy game, but I think the Wild put the puck in net and they barely hang on. Maybe the Wild go up 4-2, to 4-1, to one, and it looks like the Rangers are going to win, but I think the Wild barely hang on and come out of, come out with a win in this one. Maybe a shootout or something might come to that. Uh, Lundqvist hasn't been so good. The Rangers' defense isn't so good. But I do believe the scoring drought comes to a screeching halt, and Minnesota has 4-5 to five goals against the New York Rangers. You know, the hope that the Wild could beat Detroit... The next night, Friday night, in a back-to-back from New York to Detroit. The hope is that how oh, Jimmy Howard has just been pathetic lately. I mean, he has just been awful. He, you saw the game yesterday, at least the highlights of it, highlights and lowlights of it. 
Uh, Jimmy Howard was horrendous. Uh, his goals against average is climbing a bit. Uh, Jonathan Bernier has not had a very good year. Uh, only one shutout on the season for the entire club, and it is Jonathan Bernier. I wouldn't be surprised if he's actually a net, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Jimmy Howard, who's obviously one of the better goalies in the NHL, he's been fried mentally because this team is not real good. He's past his prime. He's been injured, this and that. Uh, Bernier is not very good either, but he's had major success against Minnesota. Dylan Larkin's having a good season. Nyquist has been really good. Tyler Bertuzzi's an up-and-comer. Vanek is still around. He'll probably find a way to hit the bottom of the, the back of the net again against Minnesota. Thomas Vanek is the most likely guy to score against Minnesota, other than Dylan Larkin with his 26 goals when you talk about Detroit. Uh, I believe this is this will be Stalock's game. It's not going to be like the old days where he had, uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, Josh Harding in that where he faces 44 shots and the Wild lose one nothing. Oh, God, that was sad. I felt so bad for the guy. Faces 40 shots and gets no goal support at all. It was so bullcrap. Gave up one goal and the Wild lose. They used to happen every time. And Detroit was really good back then, too. That was when Detroit was winning cups and such, or at least competing for it in the late 2000s uh, still against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Back-to-back years there. They were a pretty good team and getting far conference finals and such. Uh, Cronwall's obviously been a name for many years. At least a while. But um, very winnable game. Detroit's lost three in a row, and their next game will be against Minnesota. So they're going to be fairly rested, where Minnesota will not be. Minnesota does not play well against the Detroit Red Wings. Minnesota will not beat the Detroit Red Wings. The most likely guy to score for the Minnesota Wild will be Zach Parisi. Uh, Detroit wins 4-2, to 4-1. It's not going to be that good. Uh, maybe you get three goals because obviously this team doesn't score. Yeah, it's going to be kind of a yucky game, but maybe the maybe the it's but the Wild have been so lifeless offensively. I just got a feeling they're going to have some life against the Rangers. They're going to score four or five goals, come back and lay an egg, maybe get one or two against Detroit. It's going to be something weird like that. Four to two, four to one victory for Detroit, and it's not being Mister Negative. It's just being Mister Honest. Uh, and again, the stupid freaking Vanek will score. I'm. I just know he will. Vanek is going to score again against Minnesota. Uh, they have lost three in a row after winning two in a row versus Nashville at Nashville. Three to two win versus Ottawa. Three to two win on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day for the Red Wings on the Red Hearts Day there. Uh, February 16th. Back-to-back performances here with Philadelphia. They lose both of them. The Philadelphia Flyers are looking good. Back-to-back wins for the Flyers. Feb 16th, Feb 17th. 6-5 and 3-1, to one respectively. And they lose to the Chicago Blackhawks just last night when uh, Jimmy Howard sucked balls. He sucked balls just last I mean, he was awful. That was the game I'm talking about. And uh, Patrick Kane, a couple of goals again in his 19-game uh, point streak. He has been incredible. He's trying to catch uh, Kucherov of uh, Tampa Bay for the uh, scoring title, the uh, the trophy there. So we'll see what happens. He might get the Hart Trophy, too. But uh, I think Kucherov is going to win the Hart Trophy for the Tampa Bay Lightning. You got the best record and leading scorer and this and that. But um, three losses in a row for Detroit, but they will end the losing streak versus the Minnesota Wild, 4-2, 4-1. Thomas Vanek will score for Detroit, and Minnesota will have Zach Parisi score number 24 at the very least. St. Louis Blues, Sunday again. Another Sunday game against the Blues. Another Sunday game. Home game, NBC Sports, national broadcast. It's not the afternoon, it's the evening, 6 p.m., National broadcast against the Blues and get ready for, get ready to hear the uh, national pundits say, yeah, this Minnesota team is really struggling and this St. Louis team is really awesome and that's what you're going to hear the whole time and that's what's going to happen and the Blues are going to move up. Jake Allen, Jake Allen will not be a net and if he is, well, it's too bad for the Blues. That's a big mistake. Uh, Jordan Bennington has been a stud. Four shutouts, 
1.61 goals against average, and one of his shutouts was against Minnesota. The Blues are just ridiculous right now. They're scoring goals, and they're shutting people down. This is the St. Louis Blues team that we saw off and on the past few years when we saw this Blues team looking like they're going to move on and other teams are not. Uh, that's what's happening with the Blues. Hopefully for their sake, hopefully for their sake, this is not just some little run in February, March, and then here come the playoffs and out they go. But uh, they just beat Toronto in overtime last night. Incredible win. No, two nights ago, they will play the Dallas Stars in Dallas tonight. They won all five of their last games. 8-3 to three, demolition versus New Jersey, which the Wild just could not do. They just refused to do for some reason. The uh, My God, Bennington, three shutouts in a row. Arizona 4 nothing. Colorado 4 nothing. All on the road, by the way. Just goose-egging on the road. That is as good as it gets. Three games, no goals allowed, and 11 goals for. 11 to nothing, St. Louis, in a three-game stretch, including a back-to-back in Colorado and in, at, at Minnesota, which used to be a tough place to play. Used to be a really tough place to, place to play for, uh, you know, an Excel Energy Center, where now the Wild just refuse to play in Excel Energy Center. They've been awful. A three to two win versus Toronto overtime two nights ago. They will head to Dallas, host the Boston Bruins. Charlie Coyle most likely will get his debut that night, if there isn't one game before that. Uh, probably not. I, I don't know. We'll see. I, that doesn't matter right now. Go Charlie Coyle, though. He'll be on the third line probably for Boston and see what happens there. Minnesota, back-to-back situation for St. Louis. That's the only hope the Wild have here is that Charlie Coyle is going to give them a hard time. They're going to have to go from St. Louis to Minnesota in a, well, they'll have, they'll have some rest. It's 3 in the afternoon on Saturday and then had to, to play the Wild 27 hours later. So we'll just see what happens there. 27 hours later, they'll be playing the Wild. So um, they'll have some rest a little bit. I got three hours extra rest there going into this one. Ryan O'Reilly is lighting the lamps, and he's a plus 25. He is a MVP candidate, at least for St. Louis's sake. Plus 25. Way above everybody else. Vlad, Vlad, Vlad Tarasenko has been a hat-trick machine lately. Braden Shen has been a consistent player the past few years. He'd been so quiet, but he's finally picking it up again. He has really been quiet. Uh, uh, Second-line center for St. Louis. Ryan O'Reilly leading the way from the Buffalo Sabres. Just been an absolute stud. 61 points. Again, a quiet, weird start for this team. The Mike Yo experiment didn't work out as well as it probably should have. Uh, they have a pretty good guy in place right now who I think deserves uh, deserves an extension at the end of the year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. This is not a sugar high. There's way more going on here. And, of course, it helps when you have Jordan Bennington in that. Uh, St. Louis hasn't had a good goalie since freaking Joseph, I swear. Uh, Jake Allen was not that good. Uh, Brian Elliott I've always liked, but he's underachieved a little bit over the years. Chad Johnson is what he is, probably AHL-level goaltender. He had a couple games in there. When he was the backup for Allen, he was awful. Uh, Bennington has been fantastic. Um, boy, uh, Jaden Schwartz, obviously another defenseman for St. Louis, who's been around for a while and been great. David Perron, one of those valuable, uh, <laughs> one of those valuable second line wingers out there. St. Louis wins the game. Bottom line, four to one, four nothing. I don't know. Is it going to be four nothing again? Maybe because that's St. Louis right now. But um, I don't know. I, I think the Wild score. In the game, I, I, I think we find the back of the net somehow, some way. Parisi's always had success against the Blues. I think he'll score the goal, the goal. I think Parisi's going to score against Detroit and St. Louis. Back-to-back games, Parisi's going to keep his uh, little thing going here. He's, he's been wonderful all year uh, for Minnesota. Let's go with Yul Eriksson-Eck. I think he's going to score against this club for the uh, against the St. Louis Blues. But I think they, the Blues score four, and Minnesota winds up with one or two or zero at the end of the day, and the Blues win the game. 
bottom line, they're just a better team right now, and they're probably the best team in hockey right now. Uh, the rest of the season, we'll see what happens, but at the moment, St. Louis is number one, and Bennington is a big reason. They're sixth in the league in goals against, thanks to Bennington, because before that, they were one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, now we play the Winnipeg Jets, who are still in first place in the Central Division, 16 games over 500, four overtime losses on the season, seventh in the league in goals, fifth in the league with a power play of 24.7%. Damn. So they're really a strong power play. Penalty kill is on the, literally on the opposite side, the bottom third of the league. 13th in goals against, so they're average in net and defense and all that. That's one of the reasons why Winnipeg is a little bit more beatable than they have been in the past, because they've had strong defense, strong goaltending, but now their offense has just taken off. Uh, Mike Mark Scheifel has been spectacular. 30 goals already. Patrick Liney, 25 goals. Kyle, uh, Kyle Connor, 23. Uh, Blake Wheeler, Stets players up like you wouldn't believe. He's only a plus five, but 57 assists on the year. That is insane. Uh, 22 assists on the power play. Dustin Bufflin sets players up. Power play quarterback, 15. He's second on the team in assists, thanks to uh, just again getting the puck on net, helping players out. Jacob Truba, up-and-comer, still getting things going. He's already at 30 points on the year, so very good for him. Uh, Bufflin has missed a ton of time. He's at almost a point a game. He's, his value is just off the charts. Again, he was a forward years ago and just been such a valuable player that's joining Winnipeg. But the Jets have lost three in a row. Pretty surprising. And there's some mediocre teams. And a Colorado team is playing a lot better again, so watch out for them. Because when they're good, they're good. They destroyed Winnipeg last night. Absolutely obliterated them. Uh, Winnipeg beat Buffalo on the 10th. Happy birthday to my dad and ne- twin nephews, uh, Max and Alex. 3-1 to one victory in Buffalo. Again, Buffalo just stinks right now. They beat the Rangers, did the Jets, on the 12th, 4-3. They lose uh, to Colorado at home, 4-1. to one. Wow. Uh, losing a home game to the Ottawa Senators, 4-3. Mm, okay. At Colorado last night, 7-1. to one. Just looked like crud. And the frustration boiled over. There was fight after fight after fight, cheap shot after cheap shot, a lot of cursing, a lot of swearing. Division rivals coming out. Uh, Winnipeg Jets really kind of losing their cool, losing their maturity a bit in this game. The hope is this continues. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights will host the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow. And then the Winnipeg Jets head to Arizona. Wouldn't be surprised if they lose another, uh, another game coming up. We'll see what happens. And then they would host the Minnesota Wild on the 26th of February. That would be Tuesday. And then you get some days off. Heading into March, heading into March, which will again wrap up this preview part of the segment, preview part of this uh, second segment, and off to the prospects. Winnable game for Minnesota. Winnable game. But is it a roadie? And yes, it is, of course. A roadie for Minnesota. This team, the Wild have played really well against the Winnipeg Jets. Connor Hellebuck is averaging about three goals a game. Save percentage just under 91. Uh, Brossard has been very good, though, in the time he's been in net 10-3. and three. Goals against average 2.41. I would give him a little more action. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, I mean, well, he's got a win-loss record that's not bad because of the guys are scoring in front of him, but Brossard has been pretty good. Laurent Brossard, uh, 2.41 goals against average. Save percentage 93. He's got the only shutout on the year. It's weird. Shutouts have disappeared as the goal scoring has been way up. This season. Off the charts. Again, multiple scores here. At least four or five elite players on this roster for Winnipeg. They deserve to be in first place, even though here come the Blues. They might be the division champion at the end of the year. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. I think the Wild can beat the Winnipeg Jets. 
it's just the way we're playing right now. I'm not sure who's even going to be on the roster at the point. I, I, uh, most of the most of the familiar guys will still be on Minnesota. It's not like you're going to trade like 10 players between now and then, but I'm not sure who's going to be on the Wild. Is Eric Stahl going to give in and go to the Jets of all teams? Is he going to go to the Vegas Golden Knights? Is he going to go to the Tampa Bay Lightning? Who knows? I don't think the Lightning will trade for him, but uh, Lightning are pretty stacked. Uh, Toronto, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't think he's going to. He's making it too hard with his 10-10 uh, game deal or 10-team uh, no-trade list, which is weird. Just he wants to stay here, and, and okay, whatever. We'll see what happens. Please, Paul Fenton, Paul Fenton, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sending out the bat signal. If you, obviously, there's no way he's listening, but maybe he is. You just never know. He's a mysterious guy. I know you're not going to listen to me anyway, even if you happen to be accidentally listening to the show. Don't trade Jared Spurgeon, okay? That's the one guy I think, you know, just just don't trade him. Obviously, Cunningham Greenway, you know, I don't think he's in any hurry to trade them. That would be kind of weird. That would be weird before they even come close to their, uh, uh, you know, close to reaching their potential. But uh, don't trade Jared's version unless you get, like, the offer of the century. I mean, we're talking crazy stuff. You know, <laughs> like, a, like, a, like, a, like a like a like a hall or something. You're, like, you get offered hall like uh, New Jersey did. Uh, that's about the only way I would do it. And a healthy haul. Not, not a guy who's like out for months. That type of thing. That's the only way I'd make that trade. If you get literally a superstar 90-point player, that's the only way I'd trade Jared Spurgeon. And I don't think that's happening right now. Uh, that would be like some kind of off-season trade if that took place. Uh, don't trade Spurgeon. Please. I mean, even Brodeen I'd be willing to part with because you got 900 left-shot defensemen. I think it, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a good move or anything unless you get really lucky. Because, I mean, what are you going to do? Just put Brad Hunt there? Or no, no, Batetto. Yeah, Batetto, baby. Just move Sealer up to uh, <laughs> move Sealer up to the second pairing. Oh, God help me. Move Sealer up to the second pairing and then go from there. Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Brad Hunt, baby. Brad Hunt and Batetto or something like that. Or uh, uh, call up Belpedio. That'd be interesting. No, you couldn't put those two together. You, you just couldn't do that. Wouldn't work. Um, Bottom line, I think Winnipeg's going to win the game. I think. I mean, they should. Minnesota can win this game. It's going to be an interesting game. I think it could go to a shootout type of thing. I just don't know who's going to be on the bleeping roster. Like, just like the up-and-coming games as well. With, uh, well, no, at St. Louis, I don't know who's going to be on the roster then either because there's three days between now and then. So, I don't know, man. I don't know who's going to be on the freaking team. I don't think the Wild are going to beat the Winnipeg Jets. They're not. They're, I think we go one and one and three. We'll beat the Rangers. Maybe it's maybe we lose to the Rangers and beat the Jets. But I'll just go with that. I think the Jets win four to three, four to two, something like that. Most likely going to score for the Minnesota Wild as long as he's still on the roster. Let's go with Mikhail Granlund scores against the Winnipeg Jets. If he's been traded, Jared Spurgeon will be on the Winnipeg Jets. And if Spurgeon's been traded and Granlund's been traded, which would make me sick, the most likely guy to score for Minnesota. <laughs> Uh, Brad Hunt, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Batetto, yeah. Oh, this is a weird situation, but that's what's going to happen. Um, I don't know, it's going to be Spurgeon. He's the most likely guy to score against the Winnipeg Jets at the end of the day. I don't think Wild trade him away. If they do, I think we'd regret it, because I think you become you become the Edmonton Oilers then if you trade him away. You're officially the Oilers. It's 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 over, and I mean, it's over, over. I mean, like, we're going to stink for a long time just uh, without some luck. So you got to keep Spurgeon as long as you can at the end of the day. Minnesota goes 1-3. Let's talk about this pro- the prospects. 
as per usual, we will start off with the Iowa Wild. Things have been okay in Iowa. Nothing great, nothing spectacular thus far. It's been up and down. Belpedio struck at 17 points. Cal O'Reilly's continuing to, leading the, continuing to lead the club in scoring. I wish he was like Ryan O'Reilly, but I guess he's kind of like him for Iowa. Gerald Mayhew, the veterans there. Cal O'Reilly's 31. Mayhew's 25. Rao, blah, blah, blah. Rao's now back in Iowa. He was sent back down, especially with the addition here in uh, Minster. Donato, both left shots, so it's kind of like a common sense. You could kind of sense that coming as Raw was sent down, but also uh, players coming back healthy in uh, uh, Aberg there, so it's just kind of the writing on the wall. Brennan Mendel hasn't scored lately, no points, 25, but he'd been good for a little while. Sokolov has been on a massive drought. Uh, Biden hasn't scored in a while. It's been quiet. He's thought a two-to-one game. He's on overtime loss. It's mostly been the veterans. I mean, Matt Reed... O'Reilly, Mayhew, uh, Rao added an assist last night. Susie's been stuck at 15 forever. Uh, the goaltending's been mediocre. Just They haven't been so good lately. Uh, Kokkinen, uh, I, I would say Andrew Hammond's actually been a little bit better than Kokkinen lately, despite Kokkinen, Kakinen, Kakinen's uh, five shutouts this season. Again, up and down, but when he's good, he's great. That type of thing. Uh, Prosser added his first assist recently. But other than that, not a whole lot going on with the uh, the, the legitimate prospects. Sam Onis is at 23 points on the season. Nine total goals. He'll get to double digits any day now. At least I hope he does. But generally speaking, it has been the older guys. Uh, JT Brown's been very good at point a game thus far. He's been doing a bit of scoring down there so far. And I think that's who he is. An AHL star, but an NHL, you know scratch. I think that's kind of where uh, he is. Mason Shaw did add his 22nd assist recently. 26 uh, points on the season. He's the only prospect, really, to to uh, add a point. Uh, NHL potential prospect to really add a point this past week. It's been extremely quiet, and Iowa's just not playing that great lately. Uh, I think they still make the playoffs, but they've just been up and down, been giving up, giving up games that I think they need to win, and I don't know, it's just kind of the older fringe career minor league type players that have been leading the way and the younger the younger guys haven't been doing a whole lot so I'm a little bit frustrated with that at the moment we'll wrap things up with fan interaction in a second look at some of the other young guys uh, Jack McBain hasn't been doing a whole lot still with the uh, Boston College but there hasn't been a whole lot given to him he's at 11 points um, Connor Dewar has had some good moments obviously hat tricks and such WHL how excited can you get about the WHL a little bit. He's had 73 points in 52 games, 34 of them goals. Again, he's just been a stud, so he's got a... He, he needs to move up at some point, obviously, to AHL or something, I mean, I would say, uh, with Connor Dewar. I would love to see him at the AHL level, see what he can do. Um, it's hard to say, though. Sam Hench is against St. Cloud State, number one team in the country, off and on this season. He's now at 13 points. He added his seventh assist this past week. Uh, Minnesota Gophers swept. Minnesota Golden Gophers swept Ohio State. Incredible. Number two team in the country on the road. They swept them. And then they can't beat the bleeping. They can't sweep for They can't sweep Fair State. They can't sweep uh, St. Lawrence. They can't take care of business against the bleeping Michigan State Spartans. They did, you know, but then you sweep Notre Dame, who's a decent team. You get absolutely obliterated by the 18th-ranked team in the country in Penn State, who's not even a tournament team. And then you sweep the number two team in the country on the road. Wrap your head around that. Uh, Jack Sadie continuing to add to his career numbers here with the Gophers. 
He's the top defenseman on the Gophers, and again, he moves the puck well. That's literally how Moscow decide, uh, says it, and when I watch, that's what I see, too. He moves the puck well. Not really an offensive player, but he is leading the Gopher defenseman in scoring 15 points on the season. That's a career high. He's a minus 7, though. He was a plus 9 as a sophomore two years ago when the Gophers were actually the number 4 team in the country. Just two years ago, number 4 team in the country. Hard to believe. He was pretty solid that year. But yeah, 15 points on the year. Good, solid senior season for Sadik. Expect him to suit up for the Iowa Wild come April. And it's going to be nice. Maybe for the postseason and see what happens. Right shot defenseman of the future, at least for Iowa. And we'll see where things go after that. Uh, I would love to see it work out for him. Uh, Brandon Dehaim is having a really nice junior season. The 2016 draft, uh, 2016 fourth round pick for Minnesota. 25 points now, 17 assists. Again, another guy who's a pass-first player. Uh, you could say the same about Sweeney as well for Duluth, who's been a little quiet. He's at 20 points on the year. Really solid numbers. But 25 for Dunham. He's going to get a career high as a junior. Not, not on Donato's level or anything, but yeah, he's he's putting he's he's adding the assists. He's been adding a couple assists a weekend pretty much lately. Brandon Dunham, he has six goals. Seven goals on the season, pardon me. So he's not been that quiet, but he's been much more of an assist man so far in the college level. Again, for Providence. Providence Jr. there. He's a junior for Providence anyway. Uh, Sokolov, again, been so quiet. It's been extremely frustrating. Uh, Svetlakov, extremely quiet in the KHL. But you know how the KHL can be. It can be, you know, things can be really quiet there. You could have all the feel in the world and never score. I remember Koivu years ago. In, in, in Europe, things were very quiet in his league, in the Finnish league there. Uh, seven, uh, 14 points, pardon me, for Svetlakov. He's not been completely invisible, though. He's been hanging in there for the most part. It's Kovanov again that I'm very excited about. He's dominating in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. I just love saying all that together. Left shot center. Again, expect a rusky line one day for Minnesota. Sokolov, right wing. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, left wing and the center of Kovanov, and see what happens with Svetlakov, was also a center. He might end up being a fourth-line type of guy, though, in the NHL. Bottom six, third-line type of guy, if uh, Svetlakov does make it. He was taken in the sixth round, and Sokolov, again, was taken in the seventh round, so you can't expect him to be a superstar, necessarily, but there's the skill is there, but uh, can he condition himself? Can he be consistent? The fact that he's been on the fourth line in Iowa is not good. That, that's frustrating. So that's something to make note of. Nick Boca out of Michigan. He's also a senior like Jack Sadik. Doesn't score a whole lot, but he's two points away from a career high of, well, he's at eight. <laughs> he had 10 assists as a freshman with no goals. He does have a career high in goals this year for Michigan. Uh, obviously a big, physical, talented guy. A minus 11, which is a career low for him. But Michigan hasn't been all that hot. Another right shot defenseman. Six foot one. He plays a big game. He's more of a physical, aggressive guy than he is a, a size type of player. Just kind of plays a physical brand of hockey physical defensive style more so than at least being big like Nick Steeler is an actual large guy for the most part so at the end of the day the prospect pool is still fairly quiet and we're looking to add more and more to that with draft picks and such and uh, this edition of Donato but he'll be on Minnesota not in Iowa or obviously in the college ranks he was already with uh, Harvard three uh, for, for three years and came out last spring to Boston with that said, let's look at the fan interaction segment and wrap up the show. I want to thank, uh, yep, Vince Germano retweeted the recent show, episode 201, X at the X. This one is End of an Age, episode 202. 
Thursday, the 21st of February in 2019. <laughs> Thanks again so much. Again, Vince Germano for retweeting it. Your friends there in Australia and some maybe uh, American followers as well. Puck77 followed me, so I will follow them back. Thank you very much. Puck77. Thank you. Um, hmm. Cool. So some ongoing off-again situation here with the wild, the trade deadline and such. It's going to be really interesting. And nope, that's already old. Yep. I was like, oh, is there another one? Nope, that was 14 hours ago. Charlie Quayle, who was literally told he's been traded. <laughs> he was literally told he's been traded, but not sure to. But, but, but yeah, but they don't know where to yet to take his equipment off the plane before they head to New York. So very interesting. Ultimately ended up going east, but not to New York. Instead, to Boston. So the Twitter account is at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Going to give a couple of shout-outs here first before I get to the Facebook page. The shout-outs are, first and foremost, facebook.com forward slash Minnesota Wild Prospects, or MNW Prospects. Look that up. MNW Prospects. You could just simply look that up in the search bar and join it. That would be great. Uh, Pavel Bunnett and Merrick Skybot of the Czech Republic there. They keep up with the Minnesota Wild Prospects, like, like I like to do on this show. They give it to you right there uh, online. They'll keep up with you all the time. Uh, Pavel Bunet, very, very active, keeping up with all the different prospects in the KHL, uh, obviously the AHL, the ECHL, which is, you know, it's kind of like hockey purgatory, but on occasion, some good things can happen. I haven't kept up with the ECHL as much lately as I like to because there's just not a whole lot of familiar names down there, and it's, it's, it's sad to see guys go from the AHL to the ECHL. Lots of struggling names down there who are just, you know, the chances of making it are very slim. Uh, so we'll see what happens, uh, obviously. But no, um, he keeps up with all the prospects. They do such a good job. Sorry for wondering there. <laughs> they do such a good job keeping up with them. They also post on Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Big shout out to them. I'm also an admin for MNW Prospects. I'm very proud to be part of that page. Thank you again, Merrick Skyba. And uh, again, Pablo Burnett, who's just a, a great friend there out of the Czech Republic. Young guy, but... Boy, he knows his hockey. He loves to keep up. He's very passionate about the game and passionate about the Minnesota Wild. And again, posts a lot of stuff on Minnesota Wild Hardcore as well. Big shout out to Jim Metal, Sarah Metal, Chad Walski, Chance Kostick, David Kostick. Thank you guys so very much for uh, being great friends there in Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Thank you for the patch. Oh, it's just the coolest thing ever. I love the Minnesota Wild Hardcore patch. Join the uh, in-game threads and you just might get a patch. So, to, to iron onto your jersey. They're more than worth it. Or it can be your little companion on the table here as well. That type of thing, whatever you want to do. But they are the coolest, coolest uh, little patches. And they're really nicely done. They're really nicely done. So, And they're given away for free. If you're the winner, like during the post, maybe it's like a, you're predicting the score and you get to be the lucky winner, that type of thing. So, again, Chad Wolski. Great guy, sending me a patch as well. Uh, thanks again. Uh, Jim Maddell's out of Duluth with his wife, Sarah. Great people. They're the founders of that page. Thanks again for, uh, again, being great friends and providing such a great page. With that said, let's get to the Facebook page here. I almost left. I almost shut things down here. Uh, let's see. I got a couple of teases here. Oh, yes, and I want to give a reminder as well. Uh, earlier in the month, a year ago, on February the 7th, uh, Neil Nate Doc Thiesing passed away in uh, 2018. Again, going to give him respects. It's been a year. I miss him oh so much. I should have talked about him on the last show, but I get so distracted with all this trade talk, this and that, and it's just, I feel terrible for that. And I, I love I love the guy so much, Neil Nate Doc Thiesing. As good a guy as you'll ever meet. Uh, he co-hosted this show a few times in the past, and actually for a while there, he was doing it for a while. For, 
uh, show after show after show. Uh, one of the highlights, 2011, State of the Wild. Uh, then there's one called Worst Team in the NHL. <laughs> Just wonderful shows. Um, 2011, State of the Wild. That's when you were talking about the Charlie Coyle trade. So if you want to go back and look at that, the Charlie Coyle-Brent Burns trade, way back in 2011, State of the Wild. Neil Nate Doug Thiesing at his finest. What an amazing guy. So check that out. Dig through the archives. as All the shows are available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Uh, let's see. Yep, there were a couple of posts here. Chance Kostek loving the post of the most recent episode. Thank you very much, Chance. Uh, Deb Costa says, old news when I uh, tweeted out, or, well, I I put a link that the wild uh, Mike Badano (laughs) conspicuously watches from conspicuously watches from the uh, the suite there with the general manager and the owner. Yeah, because, I mean, Mike McDonald's probably joining the Wild in some form. Uh, player operation, whatever it is going to be. Uh, but Mike McDonald will be on the Wild at some point, uh, which is amazing. I, I'm really excited. He wants to move back to Minnesota. Mike McDonald, of all people. Free fall speed. I was posting that article. Um, the shutout and all that. Very frustrating. No post there. And then Drew Bunting teases me a bit here on this one. When it was ta- they were talking about uh, it was Mike Russo's tweet. Not sure why, but the team the trade hasn't been announced. Charlie Coyle for Donato and fifth pick. Drew Bunting posts Minnesota Wild have traded Brent Boer Burns at a 20 sec- 2012 pardon me second round draft choice to the San Jose Sharks for Devin Setaguchi, Charlie Coyle, and the 28th pick, which ended up being Phillips. Ah, oh, that guy was awful, awful. Couldn't even skate uh, in the first. Yep, twenty eighth pick in the first round in the twenty eleven draft. Um, so now there's two thirds of the trade gone. What did you get with the twenty eighth pick, anyways? That was the that was Phillips. You can look it up too. He is just uh, he was a huge disappointment. I uh, says by the way, thanks for Bernsey. We love him, and I'm sure you do. Drew Bunting, Northern California, San Jose Sharks. Nice logo there. Very cool. And, uh, yep, San Jose Sharks. Brent Burns has been amazing, and he's kicked our butts time and time again. And you're welcome, Brent, or Brent, Drew Bunting. You're welcome, Drew Bunting, for that. Oh, Drew. <laughs> uh, you hurt my feelings, Drew. But it's it's true. Totally hear you there. Um, I had a conversation with Chad Wolski. Yep, here we go. And, yep, it was Ryan Donato. Conversation about Ryan Donato, Chad Wolski load the dang thing. There we go. He says two 40-point seasons in college and 12 points in 11 games this year. That's a solid win. Yep. Small sample size, but still putting the, getting the job done, putting the puck in the net. Let's not forget, Greenway and Donato played on the same line at the last Olympics, and they were by far their two best forwards. And yes, they were. I, I agree completely. Um, Donato was the leading goal scorer for the United States. So, all right. Let's do it. Let's do it, Donato. That's why you get the uh, ice hockey sound uh, in the the bumper music in between the segments because, you know, when you think about Olympics, I think of ice hockey for the NES because it's got U.S., Poland, Sweden, you know, Czech, all them on there. So, absolutely. Uh, the Czech's very physical in that game. Very physical. So I can imagine uh, Paul Bunet uh, smacking me around a bit on the hockey rink if uh, he was to suit up. Give him Mary I'm just kidding. It seems like nowadays the Czechs are like super high-scoring players, though. Obviously, Gabrick years ago and such. Uh, he's been with Ottawa where his old friend played years ago. And uh, things have not gone well for uh, him this year. He never suited up for them, unfortunately. Okay, so with that said, thanks again, Chad Walski. Thanks again for the conversation and others. Uh, Drew Bunting from Northern California. 
It's been awesome. It's been a long show, but a lot to talk about. Uh, Charlie Coyle on his way out, and it, it's a big deal. And I expect more trade talk, more trade conversation coming up in a week. So be ready. Thank you again. Tell your friends about the show. If you could, write a positive rating about Brave the Wild on iTunes or Google Podcasts, Stitcher. It would be greatly appreciated. Those of you that have, I can't thank you enough. It's really It really helps for uh, potential new listeners to check the show out, uh, to say, hey, you know, it looks like people like this. It must be a good one. So... Those of you that have helped out, I can't thank you enough. God bless you. I'm just checking real quick, just in case something new popped up, and it's not responding. Oh, but I'll get to it in a second. Uh, the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild, and yep, nothing new right now. But if you could do that, five-star rating and write a review would be great. Uh, but no, mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. It is a three-minute limit on that one, so be aware of that. When you click on the Call Now button on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild show. Or no, yeah, Brave the Wild is, is how, you, what, how, how you find it. BraveTheWild.Minnesota, pardon me, is how you find the uh, Facebook page. And you can comment and interact on there. Uh, but no, there's the call now button on that page. It goes straight to the same phone line through Facebook Messenger, so it's free. You don't have to worry about any long distance or anything as long as you're on Wi-Fi or cellular or whatever the heck it is. Cellular data, you'll be fine. But again, remember that uh, data charges can apply depending on what company you're with. So probably join, probably have your phone on Wi-Fi if you're going to do that, and you won't have to worry about it. Final route is the uh, audio submission route, which I highly recommend. Use a free voice recording application on any smart device you may have. Uh, you just treat it like a phone call, save it, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and then I will uh, convert it into an MP3 file, thanks to zomzar.com and converto.com. Can't thank those websites enough for providing that service, because it's free to me, being the files aren't so big, so I'm more than happy to give them a free plug and encourage you to go there as well. God bless all of you. We will talk to you in a week, and we'll see who's still on the roster and how well this team is playing at the time. 